It is now time for another episode of that other Masonic podcast. Brother Jared Atkins and Brother Todd Whaley. another episode of that other masonic podcast you got that raspy voice today but yeah you can hear it you got that deep baritone going start time right me we got a we got a treat so um yeah sorry i'm not overly excited i'm trying yeah, to be just feel a little bad today yeah uh but sit tight we will be right back with with our guest Okay, Todd, we have our guest on the phone. Who is it? Well, before we get started, uh, he's going to laugh at this. Probably. This is the Zen of fly fishing. Oh. Now, that guy. We talked a little bit about this at Founders Day, so he's probably rolling his eyes right now. Oh, yeah. That's a Roger Van Gordon joke, the Zen of fly fishing. Oh, yes. But uh, we have on the phone. A guy we've been chasing after for about a year now. Yeah, damn near. That's our that's our buddy Dave Hostler, who uh, again I was like he doesn't have tattoos, and then we come to find out Hostler's got sleeves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably one of the coolest guys in Freemasonry. Well, he got he has sleeves as fishing lures to fish on his skin, so he can't be that bad. I mean, I like him, brother. Brother Dave, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're we're doing good, Mister. Uh, I don't do podcasts, but we finally got him on here. So, <laughs> hey, you know, I've, I've tried to avoid every podcast possible, and uh, you know, you do you do one favor to a buddy, and you get dragged <laughs> dragged kicking and screaming onto the others. In uh, in our defense, we asked first. We were we asked first, and then you did the green dragon, anyways. <laughs> no, 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 I know. I, you can you can blame Steve Myers. Yeah. You know, Steve is, uh, I don't know how well you know Steve, but Steve could literally, like, if, if you were if you were starving, he could sell you sand, and you'd be like, ah, oh, that's cool. Oh, I know guys like that, and I'm not I mean, one of those guys. Man, no, that, 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 that brother has seriously, like, he rebuilt a grotto from a guy coming, uh, the, the, what do they call him in the grotto, uh, Monarch? You know, yeah, the, the head, Monarch, the head, yeah. And uh, the the support the Grand Monarch. And, uh, I guess the guy was coming to like take the rest of the charter, and yeah. Steve was like, "Man, give me a few months." And Steve has built like this insanely like just this group that has just exploded. Yeah, Murray uh, Grotto was on his last leg for a long time. Long time, man. And, and Steve uh, came back and he he rebuilt it. I'm so happy he did too because they had a long history over there in that part yeah, of the state. That, that man is a force of nature. I'll oh, tell yes. you what. And, and uh but uh but yeah no i uh yeah i thought i was like ducking podcasts left and right and i <laughs> i go out to i go out to pennsylvania and i got uh i got 
the Masonic Live Boys like oh, yeah. got me on <laughs> against my will. But uh, they they did feed me uh, pineapple and ham pizza, which uh, I guess now we're at war because they uh, they hate pineapple and ham pizza. But you know, it's the greatest invention ever. It's not so, bad. I so. don't care what anybody says. I, it is not a crime for pineapple to be on pizza. No, not at all. No, no. It's got its place amazing. with everything else. So before <laughs> before we get started, I, I just I, I want I want to uh, to to let everybody know the the Roger Van Gordon joke because I told you this at Founders Day when we ran into you just a month yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. and uh, you 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 laughed and you had just just this catch your grin on your face tell everybody exactly what i mean by when i say the zen of fly fishing yeah i uh my i guess my my passion is uh you know outside of the fraternity is uh is fly fishing i um i have i have done a lot in fly fishing i mean not as much as a lot of guys but uh you know i used to travel the country tying flies and going to shows and I, I tied flies, you know, I guess, I guess you'd call it professionally and oh, wow. uh, designed flies for streamer fishing. Um, so most of my fly fishing, you know, people think of fly fishing, they think of, you know, little tiny, uh, dry flies, right? Right. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Da- dainty casting, you know, in tiny little creeks and stuff like that. You yeah. know, out west. hooks and big feathers or, and everything. Or, yeah. Or out east, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm an Indiana boy, you know, um, so my fly fishing is warm water or right. smallmouth musky pike, you know, oh, I'll even do some cold water for like salmon, steelhead, you know, the different strains of steelhead, stuff yeah. like that. But, um, you know, I got, I was always into fishing, you know, my, uh, I was like, a, I was a, I don't know, I guess what you'd call a precocious child. I was a, I was a troublemaker. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if there was, I don't know if I believe on, that with you. I don't know if uh, I believe uh, that. Uh, right but like if there was something to be lit on fire you know i would light it on fire and uh and uh you know nice. give me something sharp like a knife and i'm happy i mean i mean it's like a, it's like it's like a boy thing right like if right. you're a young kid dude you're and you know you're kind of feral you're gonna be doing whatever you want right uh and so my <laughs> grandfather was just like dude you need to chill and uh he, he literally put a fishing rod in my hand like as soon as i could hold one because you know, it was his way of being like, just sit down and shut up. Yeah. Um, I got that too. The beauty of it. Right. Right. But like the beauty of it is it taught me patience, you know, and it taught me to kind of just relax. And, uh, um, as I got older, uh, conventional fishing kind of got boring to me and I wanted another challenge. So I, uh, I, uh, started fly fishing and, uh, and stupidly I sold all my conventional gear. And I've been slowly rebuying it. I mean, I'm talking, I sold uh, and gave away thousands of dollars worth of gear. Oh, and, wow. uh, and, uh, and I was slowly buying fly fishing gear. And, uh, I mean, in, in the room next to me is my fly tying office. I have, I have more dead animal parts than most humans would ever need, but it's all like feathers and capes and, you know, Furs like, and stuff like that, bucktail. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got like, you know, exotic stuff like, opossums in australia are stupidly soft like i would seriously have a pet uh australian possum because it's like it's the softest forever really um wow. but yeah it's not like not like american possums american possums but, are pretty uh, coarse <laughs> yeah i've tested yeah, a little few of those in my life 
Yeah, but no, it's uh, I, I got really into you know I used to I used to guide uh, part time. I used to uh, I've done a lot of fly fishing photography. Um, I still I still run a boat. I've got a boat that I can draft. I, I can run about thirty miles an hour in about two three inches of water. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it's uh, it's rotomolded molded plastic, just like a Yeti cooler. So I can hit a rock at you know thirty and just kind of bounce over it. And, uh, <laughs> Which I've done many, 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 many times. Uh, so are you but, fishing uh, on the Wabash and everything, or uh, mainly the the Tippecanoe River? But I okay. do I do fish the Wabash. The Wabash can be super productive, um, you know. And the Wabash has such a plethora of different types of fish. Yeah. So it can be it can be really fun. But you know, my passion is smallmouth bass. Oh yeah. And um, you know, they're just uh, pound for pound. They're just an angry. They're like the drunk Irish angry dude, right? Yeah, like, well, sorry, angry Irish. I used to call them football, yeah. angry footballs. You know, yeah, right. Fight like, like crazy. Yeah, especially if you get a lake, you know, a lake smallmouth. They they more football out. You know, yeah. Like a, a river fish is going to streamline, but but uh, you know you get the mix of both. It's uh, I you know I love them, and uh, but like muskie and pike, you know, like, like toothy fish, toothy critters. Those are uh, those are kind of my jam. Um, yes, yeah, I've never fished uh, anything like that. Just bass and. You know, panfish stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I travel all over chasing her. You know, uh, I don't travel as much now. Masonry keeps me a little too busy. Oh, with, yeah. I don't I don't get to travel for fishing as much. But uh, but no, it's uh, it's kind of been one of my passions for years. And you know, if you've seen my my sleeves, my tattoos, they're all <laughs> they're all uh, you know, they're, they're flies for fly fishing. There's like muskies and trout and. Uh, I guess a river runs through it. Quote: like, I'm oh, haunted yeah. by waters on my arm. <laughs> you know, on top of like, you know, old punk rock tattoos as well. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, know I was uh, I was creepy on your Facebook page one day, and I saw that. And I'm like, holy crap! He's got full sleeve tattoos. Which I've only seen you in a suit and tie. I've never seen oh, yeah. you outside of a suit and tie and everything. I'm like, holy crap! That was got a, full sleeve. That was a big point of contention for you and I. I'm just like, Hostler doesn't have sleeves, and like, Hostler's <laughs> got sleeves. Which, I, and then I, you I messaged us. You messaged us, or me, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah. I've got sleeves." And I'm like, "Wait." <laughs> yeah. Which we're not. No, I mean, we're, I, we're not. We're not judging you on that. I thought it was cool as hell. To be honest. No, with no, you. I don't. I don't. I don't mind at all. Like, I mean, I'm tattooed from the tops of my feet. Um, I mean, my my shirt collar hides the stuff. You know. Oh wow. Uh, I'm I'm fairly fairly tattooed. It was a, uh, but you know, I grew up. I grew up in the kind of a you know skateboarding punk rock. Um, you know, world. And, yeah. um, and that was just the norm. Yeah. Um, and so I, these days I kind of, and I always kind of have, I, I look at tattoos as like a roadmap of where I've been. Right. So, so like, yeah. I can, Beautiful I can look way at tattoos on me. Yeah. I can, I can look at tattoos and be like, I know exactly where I was mentally and physically at that point in my life. Um, and now like anybody that's not tattooed would be like, well, that's stupid. And yeah. it's like, well, that's your choice, right? Like I, um, exactly. I've never had an issue with tattoos. I, I have an issue these days is like the, the old man who's tattooed, you know, like <laughs> now that I'm in my mid forties, it's like, I despise the young kids getting job killers Yes, when they're, they're like, they're in their teens and early twenties. And it's like, dude, you don't even have a life, like a, an iota of life figured no. out. And, and you've got your neck and hands done. And it's like, buddy, you know, Ugh. like, or they got their face that's, tattooed because they think that's cool. Like, yeah, yeah, right. right. Uh, that's, that's that's neat and all, but uh, employers are. And I don't like begrudge, that. but 
there's there's old school rules mm -hmm. and i came from my tattoo artists were old school like you didn't get anything below your elbow if you didn't have everything above that done right. you didn't get your hands done if you didn't have full sleeves you didn't get your face done until like you're sleeved out your hands are done you know like yeah you're covered when you work else. in an industry where it's appropriate or where it doesn't matter right you know? and, and uh unfortunately that's kind of flipped and guys care more about money now than actual integrity so yeah, that's uh that's the problem with yeah. this a little bit so you know it's it's systemic so. yeah but no that's uh yeah fly fishing and tattoos and I told, skateboarding and that's, I, that's been my life i promised roger i would bring that up if if we ever got the chance hey, to talk you to know, you so you, you know what i thought was funny when you guys said that so there's a masonic order that i'm a member of and you have to write papers um to 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 both join and to advance in the different grades mm -hmm. and and any master mason can join this order it's not an invitational it's just extremely tiny and almost no one knows about it um and uh and of course, I found out from Bridegroom because John Bridegroom it, it belongs is everything. involved literally everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like uh, he's starting to grow uh, out there. Come on, <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, he, uh, so I wrote a paper called I think it was like Zen, Zen in the art of fly fishing. It was like a play off the Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance or something like <laughs> right, that. Yeah. <laughs> I totally, I totally, I got to find this now. But I wrote a paper on that. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, oh no, it was called river meditations. Oh, and go. it was about meditating. Like, because if you ever casted a fly rod, there's a rhythm to it. Oh yeah. And, and when you, you know, you kind of get in the zone, it's just like, it was the same thing for me with skateboarding. Like when you got into the zone, like that, that place, right? Like you're kind of outside of, it's, it's weird to say it. Like it's like not outside of space and time, but you're, you're more present than you normally would be. Right. Um, about it's like meditation, how you know, you can slow time down. You can kind of be, and it's not slowing time down. It's just slowing you down. Right. right? And you're present. And, uh, when you guys said that, I was like, man, I literally like a year ago wrote a paper. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it is, it's, it's very, uh, it's very, you know, it's, 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 then, you know, it's trying to find that peace within yourself. Oh yeah, like we're which all is trying to the find hardest that. thing in the world to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Dave, the you know how we we start every one of these episodes, which, uh, you know, we're a little bit behind, but that's okay because I wanted to uh, I wanted to to hear about the the fly fishing, but as we start to move forward now and start with with the real part of the episode, so how how. How and why did you get involved in Freemasonry? That's what we ask everybody. Like, how and why did you get involved? <laughs> oh, man. Um, my grandmother. That's a um, Well, you know, I think it's more common than you'd expect. Um, so when I turned, let's see, I'm, I'm going to preface this with the last male that was a member of the fraternity in my family was my great-grandfather okay. before me. My great-grandfather passed in 1971. I was born in 79. So, you know, there was an eight year difference there. And, right. um, my grandmother, she, when she passed, she passed, what was it last year? She was 91, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, she had been a order of the Eastern star member for 75 years. Oh, wow. I think when she passed, I think it was maybe 73, something like that. I can't remember exactly. 
Um, <laughs> Still a long time. <laughs> my long time, right? Yeah. But my 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 great grandmother lived in, into the the early 1990s, and uh, my great grandmother and I were very close. Like I, you know, she she was awesome. So growing up, I was always around star ladies. I just didn't really know it. Like right. I knew all these ladies were like. They were like my great grandmother's friends. They were, they were just, they were like, they were the, those lady, like the grandmother ladies, right? You go to their houses, they got doilies and crystal oh, yeah. uh, filled with like those chalky uh, mints, right? Nasty like, mints, yeah. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and some of them were like, some of them were amazing, but some were terrible. Oh, but, yeah. And they always had those oyster crackers too. They were, oh, just, yeah. they were always stale. Oh, but God, like these yeah. ladies, yeah, right? But these ladies were like the salt of the earth type ladies. And, um, and, and so I remember as a kid going there and I always saw Eastern star symbols <laughs> now having like my, my great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, all being star members. I was, I grew up used to it, but I didn't know anything about it. Right. right? Like I knew it was like related to the Masons. I just didn't know how I knew my great grandfather had been. So when I turned 18, my grandmother gave me my great grandfather's 1924 copies of uh, Mackey's Masonic Encyclopedia. Oh wow! And, uh, they were they were mint. Like, I'm not sure if my great grandfather ever opened them. I'm sure he <laughs> did, but uh, when I got them, they were pretty. I mean, they were pretty, pretty, pretty new. Um, you know, even though they were 100 years old. Right. And um, and so when I was 18, you know, Grandma gives me this, and I'm just like, oh, that's cool. I opened it up. I was like, huh, that's weird stuff. I closed them. I threw them on a shelf with the rest of my books, and I went skateboarding because skateboarding mattered uh, more than anything, right? right? Yeah. And um, as every year, as I got older, every single year for my birthday and for Christmas, my grandmother would give me a Masonic tchotchke, you know, just like okay. like a, a, a pin or like a little book. And she'd be like, I don't think I'm supposed to give you these books, but, you know, I really, you, I want you to have them and you, you need to join the Masons. It'll do good for you and it'll make you a better man. And, and I was like, yeah, grandma busy, you know, uh, skateboarding and, and music and, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. but like, you know, life kind of lets you know when you're ready for something. Oh yeah. Um, if you're paying attention and, uh, and so I, I was, man, I was like in my late thirties and she, she gave me, she gave me his, my great grandfather's 32nd degree, which I'm, I'm holding right now is 32nd degree Scottish right ring. And it didn't have the diamond in it. She had oh. taken the diamond out when he died in 71 and put it on a necklace. Okay. And she always said, when I, when I die, you are going to get this and you're going to put it back in the ring. And you know, you just better be a Scottish right member. Right. Yeah. And she also gave me my great grandfather's past high priest ring from the chapter, which yeah. he was, he was a high priest of his chapter. It was Indiana Harbor chapter in 1941. And, yeah. uh, our, our finger sizes are the exact same size, so I've never had to have them resized. Oh, wow. And being a past high priest of Frankfurt chapter, I can I wear it all the time. Um, and then I also, unfortunately, the diamond was stolen when my grandmother was last in the hospital, but oh. my mother gifted me uh, one of my great-grandmother's diamonds. So when I became a Scottish Rite member, I put that, you know, I had that diamond replaced and put in. And, uh, and it's, it's a little too, it's a little too blingy for my taste, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so like every... Every holiday, every every birthday, I received something, you know, and uh, uh, it kind of, after a while, I kind of looked around as I was in my 30s, and I realized that every single good man that uh, was in my life was a Mason. Um, 
not every single, I mean, but a very high majority of the men that I loved being around and like totally trusted with everything in my life. They were all Masons. And, um, and so, you know, my grandma gave me those rings and, and a buddy of mine, Dwight was just like, Hey, um, I posted the rings on Facebook and I had no idea what the past I priest ring was at the time. Right. It was symbolism. That was, I had no idea. And the only Masons I knew, they were like, Oh, you got to join to find that out. I was like, really, really? (laughs) And, uh, and my buddy Dwight, he's a past master of Floyd Lodge 23, uh, Prince hall affiliated in, in here in in Lafayette. And Dwight was just like, Oh man, that's a, that's a past high priest ring. And he's like, if you want to talk about Masonry, just come over. So, I went over to his house and uh, I was like, man, I'm, I want to join. I was like, can I join your lodge? He's like, yeah, totally. He's like, but he's like, I know you're going to want to be traveling and be super involved. Like he knew me better than I knew me. <laughs> and uh, you know, he just, but he'd been around the block. And, uh, and so he was like, I want you to go to battleground. And like the rest was history. So it was, uh, it just kind of all worked out. You know, so. all the time I spent up there around, you know, Tipton and Lafayette and, Go to the lodge there. I never once went to Battleground Lodge. It's just one of the ones I'd never got to. Yeah, it's I mean, uh, went everywhere else, but I'd never got to Battlegrounds for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It's it, in you know Battleground has definitely gone through some changes mm-hmm. in recent years. Um, but we've got a you know we we still have some of our older members still coming. Um, um, and and we've done a lot of uh, a lot of really cool things. In fact. This summer we painted the we, we painted the entire lodge room. We got all new lighting. Uh-huh. Uh, the year before that we painted our our dining hall, all new lighting in there. And uh, yeah, we're we're going along pretty well. We've been busy with degree work and uh, oh, yeah, I've really, been pretty busy up there. Yeah, the email yeah, list and really, everything. Yeah, we got a really solid group of guys up there. You know, they uh, it's not you know just like with anything, it's not one one guy. Um, right. But um, you know we. I, my mentor, who was a member of that lodge um, and sadly passed away uh, almost a year ago, uh, you know, we're kind of, we, we sort of implemented things that he kind of wanted to see. Like he, he kind of had a vision of, you know, um, and we've been kind of putting that into play and it's, it's really worked out. Um, you know, we're mentoring our guys. We're, we're, we're doing some really cool things. So. Yeah. Super solid bunch of dudes over there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who was your mentor, by the way? His name was Tom Ulrey. And uh, Tom was, he was a ritual instructor for District 3 for, for a handful of years. Um, he was, he was the first guy that I met when I went to Battleground Lodge. I was told, you have to meet with Tom. <laughs> and I met with Tom. And when I first met him, he kept me like, I was like, dude, I like this guy. <laughs> and he kept me like, at arm's length and i was just like i don't know what's up with this guy but then you know i got through my master mason degree um and uh and after that i mean even before that we were on the road like all the time yeah and uh, as a ritual instructor right he was you know traveling to the lodges and, and unfortunately at the same time his wife of many 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 years they got together when he was 20 and she was 18 oh wow and she developed alzheimer's at 50. So this entire time that we're traveling, you know, his wife has Alzheimer's and, uh, um, sadly she passed a few years ago. And then two years later he passed here last May and, uh, he was the first Masonic funeral service I ever did. Oh, really? 
yeah, he always told me to get it right for me. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll do your service in like 20 or 30 years. Just right. you know, give me some time. But uh, unfortunately, you know, we never know when we're going to go. So Yeah, that's still the hardest but, lecture ever out there. I don't know if I could ever learn that one. It's, uh, I mean, it's tough. I just did one on, um, I did one on Friday for a brother. I mean, it's tough, but it's beautiful, right? Right, it's, yeah. It's, it's, our, it's our last way of saying goodbye to a brother. Yeah. And, and it's, to me, it's a duty that's incumbent upon us, right? We, we need to be doing it. And, and I've had some, I mean, palms, I, I made it to the apron part of the funeral and I broke. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I don't even remember the last part of it, but, uh, so, you know, it, it got easier. And I just did one for a brother who was 95 years old. And uh, uh, unfortunately, he had outlived everyone he knew in the fraternity. Oh, really? And, um, and so while he was in hospice, he was asking for brothers who had passed away 20 years ago. You know, like, oh. I, would, I would get a name and I'd be like, I can't find this guy in the portal. And I'd call Randy Seipel and I'd be like, hey, can you look this guy up? And Randy would be like, that brother passed in 04. You know, oh, like, wow. it was a, it was a thing and it, it happened a few times, but, yeah. uh, so we, we showed up and I think that's my favorite thing with those funerals is it's, it's sad, right? Mm -hmm. It's definitely a solemn experience, but you know, you can, you can kind of, if the family hears what you're saying, yeah, you know, it, it puts them in a better place as well, you know? And, uh, but it's tough, man. I, the last funeral I did there, there on, I think it was on, on Thursday, it was on Thursday. Um, I made it to the end and then I'm looking at the family and they're crying and I, I almost lost it. It's tough. <laughs> oh yeah. It well, really that, is. That's the reason I joined Lodge. I saw my grandfather's uh, Masonic service and everything back in well, that 2000. I think he passed away and uh, and he had a, over a hundred Masons standing up there for his funeral service and I'm like, you know, I need to be a part of that. Wow. <laughs> you know, have a hundred guys. Amazing. I mean, he, he was very well known throughout the area and everything, down Missouri and everything and and I just told my dad I got back. I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna. You need to get me a petition for lodge." He goes, "Well, you can't do it in Missouri." I'm like, "Well, that's okay. <laughs> we'll join up here." <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, it, I've, it's I've, very eye-opening to me. The funeral yeah. services. Yeah, in a well-done funeral service, really, it's one of our best ways. You know, sadly, because we're we're kind of cloistered off, but it's one of our best ways of letting the public know who and what we are. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but, but yeah, I, um, I just, uh, when I joined masonry, you know, for years, I was just like, they don't want me, right. <laughs> they don't want this like tattooed guy who, you know, grew up punk rock and like, it just, it was a men mental block for me. Yeah. It was like, they, it's not my world. I always thought of masons as like these hoity toity kind of guys. Right. Even though I grew up around them, right. you know, like, um, and I knew most of the guys I knew were just working class guys that worked in mills. Yeah. Um, but uh, I had this mindset, you know, which is which is a fault on the fraternity. It, it is one of our faults. It is. People don't know how to join. So. Yeah, that's yeah. the big thing we're going at now. I know my home lodge, everything. We I discovered that right after I joined lodges. You know, if no one knows to come knock on the door, how are they ever going to join? So we started out hitting yeah. the festivals. You know, we had the Tipton County Pork Festival, the 4-H Fair and everything, and we yeah. had guys interested that way, and pretty soon the law started booming after that. So, Oh, yeah. But, but just, definitely. just getting your face out there in front of everybody, going, look, we're still viable. We're still a good organization to be a part of. You know, come ask us questions, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, it's really, it's one of those things of, 
we are one of the last bastions of civility in this modern society, right? Like we, okay, yeah. you know, we, we inherently, you have to be civil while in a Masonic lodge. It is a, it is not just a, a requirement. It, it, it is, it's kind of sacrosanct, right? Like yeah. you have to, we're sitting in lodges with men of all different faiths, of all different opinions, right. Right? of all different political leanings. And yet we all can be civil. Yeah. So like, in this modern society, you know, we all get along and we call each other brother, mm-hmm. even though like, you know, I might not want to go to lunch with that guy, but I'm going to love him and call him brother. Absolutely. Right? Uh, I don't have to truly like him, but I'm going to love him. I mean, it's really, right. it's a weird dichotomy of thought, but you know, there's guys that I've been in lodge with. And I'm like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on a camping trip with him, but you know, if he needed anything, I right. would, I would at the drop of a dime, you know? Um, but I mean, I think we're one of the last bastions of that in the modern society. And yeah, that's yeah. what people are looking for. They're looking for it. They just don't know how to go about finding it. Well, the good so, thing about social media now is getting out there a little bit more every day. So uh, it is, I think, I think it a new is, generation's finding it. I think it's also put a big target on her back, too. A hundred percent. I mean, you have, and I think the, the, the big thing, you know, like, what's his name? There's a... He's a social. He's he's big on social media. He makes like shirts and no, no uh, fraternal ties. He makes ties. Okay, yeah, like, I know you're like, about. He's out of Canada. Um, totally blanket on his name. Super nice guy. Um, yeah, I, 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 just, I know who you're talking about. I don't, I don't know who yeah, he is personally. He, he's super engaged on social media, and he's constantly arguing with people. Yeah. It's like his algorithm is pulling the worst of the worst of the conspiracy nuts. Mm-hmm. Um. But they, they seem to be getting more vocal. But, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of that law of balance, right? Right. Like, um, but there are guys out there looking for exactly what we're offering. Like, yes. You know, it's not like you can't get the teachings of Freemasonry anywhere else, right? It's not yeah. like our teachings are just ours, right? They're, they're, they're an amalgamation of all good things in the world. Exactly. And, um, and we've just, you know, the fraternity found a way to package them into an easily digestible way of putting them into your life and, 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 and going about your life, you know, using those teachings right. that are much more digestible, you know, the way we kind of go about teaching them. And, and I think there's guys out there hungry for that. They just don't know what to look for. And we're like, we're super bad at selling us. Yeah. Right. We're so, yeah, I think a lot of people look at us as you, you do see the old guys, the lodge, stuff like that. And, you know, the old crusty Mason stuff like at the lodge, you don't see a whole lot of young guys, but like I said, well, most of the young guys are out there, you know, coaching their kids' sports teams or they're volunteering to their organization or, you know, they're helping out this, that, and the other. It's like those guys are retired. That's the only thing they, they, they have to do. Their kids are grown and, you know, they've done yeah, their work yeah. and everything. They said, yeah, you're going to see those guys, but you're not seeing the, actual, the ones actually doing the hard work. And, you know, and I think that's one of the issues that we do face as within terms of membership is when we were growing, I mean, because we're probably all in the same age range, right? Like, yeah, I think I'm a year uh, older than you. Jerry, like, yeah. Jerry's 10 years younger than I am, so. Yeah, what a baby. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, when we were growing up, you played, like, a sport. Singular. <laughs> yeah, one like, season, one sport. All, 
yeah, all of my friends, man, they are just like, yeah, my kids in this, this, this. And I'm like, when do you breathe? Yeah, no kidding. Right? But then you talk to other people who are taking it, you know, the friends that take it super serious. It's like, if they're not playing from the time they're able to hold a baseball bat, yeah. they're not getting into high school teams, yeah. and they're definitely not getting into college. Yeah, they, I mean, they play like three different travel teams or something like that. Yeah. So. Dude, when one of the brothers in my lodge told me his daughter's tr- like volleyball team, like they were traveling all over the Midwest. And I'm like, yeah, how? How do you afford that, right? First off, like, but it's uh, it, it things have changed so much, oh, right? Know. Where it's, I can't imagine, like, as a kid, I was like, man, I don't want to play any sports, but that was me. Was, <laughs> I was a jock. Um, I played baseball, basketball, football, and everything. Yeah. But we played one sport. I never played on a travel team per se. Yeah. Until I was, yeah. you know, eight, you know, I was sixteen years old. We didn't have a, any older age groups in my town, so I went and yeah. played for a club team over. I played for Rucheville over there and. For their travel ball oh, team yeah. and for uh, two, no. uh, three years, yeah, two years. You know, played for Post Six yeah. one year and played for Rushville Co- uh, Aces then. But yeah, played no, for them. I don't and, know how people do it. Well, it, it cost me, I had to pay for it myself. My parents were like, you know, we're not going to pay for this. If you want to do it, you're going to pay for it. So, you know, I did what every kid in Central Indiana does make money, detasseled corn and derogued and everything, <laughs> made my money that way. <laughs> You know, so I, I paid for it mostly all myself and everything. And yeah, we traveled, but it wasn't very far, really. No, it's uh, I just I just know that when we get the guys in lodge who join, and they're you know they're they're hungry for something, right? They right. they know they're missing because you know I think the biggest problem with our modern society is we're all cloistered off, right? Oh yeah. Social social media made us closer than ever. And yet we're farther apart than ever. Oh yeah. It's such a weird dichotomy. But it's not healthy for the human experience, right? Like, there's a there's a reason why a handshake and a hug, you know, feels better than a text. Exactly. You know? And um, and that that truly is is I think that's our in my world that's our biggest selling point. Is like, you know, most guys don't know what it's like to be asked, you know, how was your day? Yeah. <laughs> you know, most most men have <laughs> no idea what it's like to be asked, like, are you doing okay? Yeah, you know, and yet you walk into a lodge on a on a meeting night or a degree or you know any type of called meeting or get together, and that's all it is. It's like, how are you? Are you good? You know, and and most dudes do not get that in their world. No, you know, and that's uh, I think for the mental health of our members, like I think that's why, I think that's why guys who are masons and stay masons for their entire life they live longer. Yeah, right, because they literally have that connection that, that you need as a, as a person. Yeah. You got the human bond, you know, with somebody, yeah, you know, yeah. you went through this, I went through this and we're brothers. You went through the same thing. We understand each other. We both have a, a same interest, even though it may not be all our, we may not be all like-minded and everything, but oh God, it'd be boring if we were. Oh, no kidding. Right. Like <laughs> if, if everybody was just like, Oh yeah, we're all the same. It's like, all right, you're all clones. You're all robots. That right. sucks. Yeah. Like no I, I want to be, I want to be challenged in my beliefs. I mm-hmm. I want because if I can't be challenged, how do I know that mine are correct? Right. Right. Like, and so if I'm not being challenged by by experiencing other things with other guys of, of different you know backgrounds, like and it's not even religion. It, no. it, it could be it could be anything, right? Of like he grew up differently, so he, yeah, everything. he's going to see the world differently than me, right? And and that really is how you learn to be a better person. Yeah, I can so, see that. But no, it's uh it's a it's a I think that's the biggest conundrum that faces the fraternity right now. How do we 
And the Scottish Rite, I think, is starting to hit, they hit the nail on the head when with the not just a Man of Mason campaign. Yeah. You know, like to me, that's one of the best campaigns I've ever seen. You know, it uh, it shows guys with guys. Yeah, but they got so. those good-looking guys on there. They need to get some fat, ugly guys on there every <laughs> once in a while and show that, hey, we're not just a bunch of skinny guys, good-looking dudes. We got ugly people, too. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> you know, we, we, we got to get – I always say it's like Mason-sized guys. That's, exactly. That's uh, yeah, – uh, but, but no, I mean, you're, you're right. They did get some dudes who I'm like, I've never seen that. I, I do know a few Masons that look, you know, like Tyler Whitaker. Like, oh, yeah. Good-looking like, dude. Good old – like Tyler, he's like, he's like a, a male model. Especially with that that gigantic mustache. Oh yeah, you know, you just best, <laughs> best mustache and masonry right there. <laughs> right. I man, I don't know, man. Seamus Driver gives him a run for his money. Seamus, Seamus, yeah, Seamus. Oh, of course, Shamus. we got a uh, oh uh, Patmore down here. Uh, I can't think of his first name right Wayne now. Pat- yeah, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Patmore. He he goes on Wayne. a beard contest okay. all over the world. He's been to Germany oh, oh. several times and. Really? Oh yeah, he's really? spo- he has a sponsorship for his beard, mustache, and everything. He shaved his beard. He's just got a mustache. Yeah, he now. got he got one hell of a mustache now. But yeah. Oh dude, no, like Seamus is like that. Uh, what was that from Mario with the Wario, like the oh, evil villain? Yeah. Like that's when I see Seamus's mustache. That's what I see. In my head. Hey, brother, I'm brother like, Dave. Yeah. Can you? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm laughing at this. Can you tell everybody what the title was for? Uh, you're in Seamus's little presentation at Founders Day, and you want to run through that again for everybody because I don't know how you guys managed to uh, get away with that. Oh man, what was that? I, in fact, when I made, man, I gotta hold on, I gotta bring that up. When I so I put the post out on using with with Grand Lodge's Mailchimp, right? I right. I, I said, hey, Grandmaster, can I uh, can I? You know, I, you always want to get it cleared by by you know. Um, you know, if you're going to send something out to every single Mason in the state of Indiana, right? Right. And I was just like, man, do I really want to send this out with this title? And I, I'm fairly certain I sent it to the grandmaster. Um, and he was good with it. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, dogs, <laughs> cocks and the bone box and early examination or an examination of early catechism. Now, <sighs> This is how I know your minds are in the gutter. Uh, because, I mean, dogs, a cock is a rooster. Right. And the bone box is your mouth, right? But when you say it in a modern parlance, you know, because the internet has ruined all of us. The internet's ruined every one of us, Dave. It, it has. has. It truly has. <laughs> because when I first read it, I went, oh, Lord. And even Seamus was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's like, I was amazed it flew at Prather's Education Day. But truly, like when it, you know, a rooster is a cock. I mean, it's literally what he is, right? It's, it's just words change, and because humans, I swear, we get stupider even with all the, all of the, the, the advantage of the internet. You know, we. Yeah, have you ever seen Idiocracy? Yes. Okay. When I first watched Idiocracy, I had had a few drinks, and I was like, "This is the stupidest movie I've ever seen." And then I watched it sober. Right. And I was like, this is the most prophetic movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, um, it is. <laughs> but it is like with that, like people are just like their eyebrows raised at Seamus's talk. Now, Seamus's talk was absolutely fair. And right, like the rooster, the, the, the cock, right? Being like, if you get into some of the old uh, catechisms 
and even some of the old, you know, you get into the alchemical process of some of these things, like outside of masonry, roosters are used, right? So yes. um, it's, it's, it was perfectly fine. And thankfully, you know, everybody was good with it. It just, I mean, person, I, I know why he did what he did because it rhymes, right? If you said dogs, roosters, and bone box, it doesn't rhyme. No. <laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah, no, I literally, when I sent that out, I was like, oh, this could be bad. <laughs> this could be bad. But, but no, it was Seamus's presentation. Like, you guys were there, right? Or did you guys already leave? No, we had already, we didn't, we didn't stay for this year like we did right. last year. Yeah. We left early. Yeah, Jerry had to get back to oh. his kids and everything. Yeah, I had to that get would... the kids early this year. So we had, a, we left pretty much right afterwards. Oh man, his presentation was impressive. It, uh, I wish it was you guys good. Recorded. I would love to see it. Like Tyler's last so, year, you guys recorded. Yeah, and and unfortunately, we we considered it tile. Like we actually opened. Um, not that all of this stuff hasn't been in exposés a million times right, over, right? right? Right. It was more of uh, it was more for DLS. So our lodge of research historically, well, historically, I'd say the past dozen or so years, every time you hear about DLS, you know, a past grand would just be like, hey, we're open, you know, or right. or there is no opening. It's just, we just meet, right? So this year we decided, you know, we're going to open. Um, and we opened on the EA to ensure that, you know, because everything we did was was from an entered apprentice aspect. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, we even had, I think we had a fellow craft in the room. Um, oh, wow. And I'm, I'm, I'm blanking from what lodge, but, but uh, you know, we, we did open, and, but it was a cheat. It was a cheat open because uh, Grandmaster Gary Brindley was there. Oh, and wow. I, 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 I said, most worshipful, would you, uh, would you please uh, open us in ample form? And, and he, of course, did. But, right. um, you know, and, uh, but it was really good. I mean, it was a, it was a really good experience. And uh, I, I wanted to record it, but uh, Seamus, I'm sure, will do that talk many times over because it is that it's that kind of talk it's if you're if you're not familiar with early catechisms and all the variations of it it is it is one of the best primers you could ever get on that yeah i've read so. some of them like from the Andrew, like pre-Anderson constitution or the uh, a friend of mine up mm -hmm. in the back back in my home lodge sent me something from and it kind of is similar but it's different so it's, and there's there's a lot of them right mm -hmm. and I think that's the beauty of it is like outsiders, people who are not Masons think all of this stuff is all just the same. Right. You know, forgetting that this thing is, is <laughs> it's massive. Oh, and yeah. so many different people have had hands in it. And it's not like the stuff that we do in Indiana is the same stuff that's been done in, in Ireland or England or Scotland. Right. People no. think if you don't travel, you'll never know the difference. Right. right? Like, but I mean, if you cross state lines and go to Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, Illinois, the ritual's a little bit different. Yeah, I've been you know, to Illinois. I saw EA in Illinois last summer, and it's it's nice. the same as different. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar, yeah. very similar. But there are there are differences. But yeah, I mean, go to Pennsylvania. Oh my gosh, Pennsylvania! Yes. <laughs> Pennsylvania's night and day different. Oh yeah, Pennsylvania. And, they came to Howard uh, Howard Lodge in Kokomo back when I was master, and it oh, was yeah. completely different than what we did. It's the same story, just different way of getting there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it, and, and it's uh, when Tyler and I were out there when in Pennsylvania when Tyler spoke at the Academy of Masonic Knowledge this mm -hmm. past year, uh, we went to a double entered apprentice degree, and 
And really, it was it showed like just walking it like you can walk into a lodge anywhere, right? Right. It just really showed the um, how masonry is different from the rest of the world because in at that evening, a you know just a, a a brother who was you know just a normal just normal everyday white dude American, right? Probably Christian. I never asked him, right? But probably right. Christian uh, received his entered apprentice degree at the same time as a younger brother who's from Egypt, right? Oh, wow. And he's a Muslim. So like, it, it really showed like the universality of, of, of the fraternity, oh, yeah. you know, and, and, and that was far from home, you know? So when that happens across the world, right, that's, we're dangerous to some people who oh, yeah. want everybody to be the same, you know? And, and at the same time, it's one of the most beautiful things you can see where guys from different faiths all sit together in the same place and we all get along. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know? but it was a uh, seeing a PA degree was uh, it was definitely it's, different. <laughs> it's eye opening for sure. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we we just saw the master mason degree and it was like, you mean he does all that talking? <laughs> he does everything. Oh man, <laughs> I mean, you know, but to be a master of your lodge in Pennsylvania, you have to go through master and wardens classes. You yeah. get certified that you can do it. Yeah, um, you know that's impressive. Uh, it's it's. Uh, Highly impressive, but it, it really, I love the difference, you know, I, and I love Pennsylvania Mason. I, I mm-hmm. go out there, I've been out there a few times to, uh, for different things and, uh, you know, I'll be driving through here soon on, uh, Wednesday we'll be, uh, we'll be DC bound. So we'll be flying through Pennsylvania as quickly as possible to get to DC. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> got Masonic week coming up. So oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I want to get out there someday. I just never. I got so many things I want to do. I can already do them all the same year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you ever do, you know, go to Masonic Week. It is where all of the York Rite, not all, but a, a good portion of the York Rite invitational bodies, it's mm-hmm. where they have their national meetings. Okay. So if you're a member of the Allied Masonic Degrees, if you're a member of St. Thomas of Akon, um, I think, I'm think i pretty sure Night Masons meet there. Um, you know, quite a few different groups meet there. And uh, Holy Royal Arch Knight Temple Priests, uh, you know, there's a ton. It's my favorite when Akon meets because everyone comes down in their Akon white Templar robes. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's like, it's like hundreds of dudes streaming through the hotel all wearing their white Templar robes. It's kind of hilarious. It's almost like you're <laughs> at a cosplay event. Oh, wow. Uh, but, uh, but it's a good time. If you're a member of those groups and you like going to meetings, it's a fantastic mm-hmm. time. If you're not a member of the groups or you still are and you hate going to meetings like me, yeah. You still go and you have a really good time because the fun stuff happens like on, there's a big open floor where there's a bunch of booths, right? Like Chris Hodap will have a booth usually, oh, yeah, yeah, Mike Doxy, yeah. bridegroom, of course. Mm. Um, but like after hours, when everyone's kind of chilling is like, you know, you're, you're going around to different hotel suites and you're kicking it with Masons from around the world, you know, yeah. like South America and, and Eastern Europe and, you know, all over Europe. So yeah, kind of like to go to a grotto or a shrine convention and just meeting everybody yeah. from all across the country and everything. And right, yeah. yeah, and that's you know that's the best part of masonry. Oh right? yeah, like you know because of because of a brother I met at Masonic Week, he uh, he came out here. He's from England. He came out here for a he he's a collector of all things fraternal, and uh, he came out here for a Knights of Pythias uh, grand meeting in Lafayette two years ago. Oh wow, and. Uh, I found out he was here and I was like, Hey man, what are you doing? Like, are you, are you in town long? 
And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you have a car? And he's like, no, nope, me and the wife are here. We're going to Uber around wherever. I'm like, dude, you're in my town. <laughs> and what the hell? <laughs> so yeah. so my wife and I took time off work, and we took them all over. You know, we, like, it, it went from him for being, like, a just a, like a little chill trip to, like, I guess he called it a holiday. Mm. You know, the, the English with their vacation words. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but because of it, you know, like, I would have never met this guy. You know, and he's absolutely fantastic, and his wife was just amazing. And she got to check off her bucket list to go into Chicago, right? Like, uh, you know, for me going to Chicago, it's like whatever. It's Chicago. I don't want to be here. It's too too many people. (laughs) And you know, for her though, like she was just like, you know, all all I ever do is see this in the movies. Yeah. You know, and uh, so it would be like me going to England. I'd be like, right, (laughs) doing the same thing. But. But no, we're uh, yeah. That's our big trip coming up. We're all riding out there together. See, Jared, he just joined the. He just got his council degrees the other night, didn't you? Yeah, that's what Roger told me. You were you were going through the York ride. Yeah, I just took my council degrees the other uh, the other week. I'll have my. Nice. What's Congrats. what's after the council of commandery? Yep. So if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go into the the Christian aspect of of the York ride, is the commandery. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's coming up at the end of this month. This one I'll nice, have those. Nice. So. Which uh, which York do you remember of? Yeah, Slate and Stevens chapter, which is okay. down there in Huntingburg. Okay. So nice. Uh, we we have four candidates going through down there, and Vincennes has like fourteen, don't they? They no, they have like uh, eight to ten. So. All together, there's, you know, like twelve to fifteen candidates between these two, these two Yorkite bodies. So they've been d- pushing them th- through the degrees together. So yeah, I've been ta- awesome. I've, I've had some of them I've taken down at Vincent's Lodge Number One, and some of them I've taken down at uh, Two Boys Lodge Five Twenty in Huntingburg. So yeah, so it's uh it's been pretty fun. I mean, yeah. How do you like the Holy Grail Arch? Dude, oh my god. <laughs> so like you know, the second half of the Master Mason and everything just simply nothing can touch it. But then you have the Royal Arch degree and it's like, man, that gives the Master Mason a run for its money there. That was just I'm still Wow. And it's totally the completion of the Master Mason degree, it right? It totally yeah, is. Absolutely. In the American, in the, you know, in, in, especially in American rights system. I'm sure the, the, the actual York rights system in England is the same way. I haven't really studied that, but there's a great book. Um, I'm looking on my bookshelf right now trying to find it. Um, there's a great book now that you've been through your Holy Royal Arch. Um, and, of course, I've probably let somebody borrow it because I'm not seeing it. But um, uh, there is... Uh, it's, it's shoot, man. I feel bad for even bringing this up. Cause my own, my brain is <laughs> it's completely broken. Um, but it's a fantastic it. book to really study the, uh, to really study the Holy Royal Arch and, and the chapter as a whole. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, that's awesome. So you're going to go into the commandery orders. So they stop being degrees. Yeah, degrees. We now call them orders. orders. You get the Order of the Red Cross, uh, the Order of the Malta, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. getting on the Order 20, of Malta. The 28th of this month is when I'll get those. It's nice. Well, hopefully, you're going through with a large class. Um, you know, maybe you win the lotto, and they allow you to be the the uh, 
exemplar, especially for the the Order of the Temple. Mm. Um, I really hope that you get the chance to do that, um, because that is that for me. That was I was really wanting to stop at, at the Royal Arch. I thought that was it, you know, and really it is. I mean, I it's my one of my favorite degrees of masonry, and I've been through a lot of degrees of masonry. Um, and uh, but that Holy Royal Arch, and then I mean that Order of the Temple. You know, it's the penultimate of, of York Rite, right? It's it's one of the most beautiful orders you'll ever see, especially when done well. When done yes. terribly, I've seen too many terrible ones. It's like, yeah, that was lacking. Well, I had but, the, uh, uh, the Levant Preceptory. I can't, I can't ever say that name. The one that did the Yeah, the Levant Preceptory. Yeah, I, I did yeah. a one-day class down at the Marat uh, back when I was, my, I think, 2009. I think I was, last year I was master. And uh, I do it through. I just go. Well, I'm going through the York Rite and through the Grotto and everything. I'm doing that. And I'm back to my lodge. And I'll just do a one day class. And I, I so wish I could go back and redo it. And do oh, it yeah. and one you know, at a time. Oh yeah, that's the worst part, right? The worst part is there are no mulligans in Mason. No, uh-uh. right? It's yeah. uh, you get what you get. And I think that for me is why degree work is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, getting it right the first time for the guy because. It's not like you can be like, oh, hey, we'll we'll do it better next time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yeah. get what you get, but man, I'm 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 excited for you because those are those are some of the best. Have you have you joined Scottish Rite or are you? No, are so you just, so I joined Scottish Rite. Todd Todd has Todd's been, but I've <laughs> I I might do the Scottish Rite down the road. I mean, mm-hmm. I waited 15 years before I joined an independent body, which. Uh, has made That's it impressive. mean more because I think if I'd have done this in my twenties, you know, just some, you know, snot nosed punk like I did, <laughs> it wouldn't have meant anything. And now here I am. Okay, I've been a master mason fifteen, sixteen years now. Okay, we're mm-hmm. we're we're finally gonna join this appendant body. It's it's Ooh. meant a whole lot more to me now. Well, and, I mean, you know, as a as a man, you're more. You're mature in your manhood, right? You're maturing right. in your manhood, right? right. So um, it's going to mean more, you know, and you've got more life experience. That's, oh, yeah. that's kind of one of my issues with getting younger guys in the masonry. It's like, it's really cool to get a young guy in the masonry, but he also needs to go out and experience the world, right? Right. Um, before you truly understand the importance of the fraternity. Um, because mm-hmm. really, it takes some life experience to truly understand it. Not saying that a guy who's 18 to 21. You know, hasn't had some life experience. Some dudes, some dudes have lived like six lives by the time right. they hit that age. Um, I just found that book that I was I was referring to. It's called yeah. The Royal Arch and Its Hidden Meeting by George Steinmetz. Um, in fact, I'm holding Dwight L. Smith's personal copy right oh, here. Wow. <laughs> From, um, Fancy. I, I own a lot of Dwight L. Smith's books on accident. So, but The Holy <laughs> Royal Arch and Its Hidden Meaning. You can find it on Amazon, like a reprint of it. Okay. Uh, for like, I don't know, 15 bucks. Uh, but if you want to get into some of the deeper meanings of the chapter degrees, I would a hundred percent pick that book up. Uh, it would, uh, it'll, it'll definitely help you in your studies for the chapter. Um, and then at the same time, pick up like the capitular, uh, the capitular books, the chapter book, the capitular masonry chapter, right? Yeah. Pick up that with, uh, 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 Brother Pierce Vaughn, out of New Jersey, he's a past Grand High Priest. I've heard that. He name wrote, for... yeah, Pierce is a, an amazing, amazing guy, um, and uh, um, 
he did a capitular series. It's like a study book. So if you're going to study, uh, you know, the, the Royal Arch or the chapter degrees, that's that's a great one to get to. And I think past Grandmaster Robert Davis out of Oklahoma also did uh, some books on studying the uh, capitular degrees. So I could be wrong in there, but I feel like I'm right. I usually can remember. I can't remember my wife's birthday, but I can remember stupid stuff about books. <laughs> so Dave, you'll you'll get a kick out of this. So the most excellent grand high priest this year, as you know, is Danny Schrader. So Danny lives down in Evansville, which is like an hour from where we live. Danny is a member of our Eastern Star chapter here in our lodge. Okay. He's been dating uh, one of the women that, that, you know, here in our chapter. She's She's a great woman. So I've known I've known Danny since I've been knee high to a grasshopper, you know. Like Danny's a great guy. So when I had the Royal Arch degree um, back in January, I don't remember what day it was, but Danny said, "Hey, come see me before you leave." So went and seen Danny, and he said, uh, "He said I want you to uh, to be guard." at uh convocation i'm like okay and he kept he kept telling me all this stuff and i said okay now i don't know i don't think he knew what was going on but like a couple of the other guys could see that i had no idea what was going on (laughs) because i because i just kept saying yes so then they were like okay convocation that's like grand lodge for the chapter i said oh okay Mm -hmm. they said they said guard that's like tyler for blue lodge i said yeah okay and then I'm like, wait, wait, why do they want me to do that? Well, then <laughs> D- they, Danny found out. And Danny said, "Well, he said I think it'd be a good opportunity for you." He said, "And you know, you said you've done you you've really become proficient in ritual the last couple of years." He said, "I think this would be a, a good thing for you," which I was happy, like super happy. But I'm like, man, they could have picked anybody, and then they picked me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but welcome to the world of you know learning the actual like grand masonic word. Yeah, of, no, uh, of, of, of no, because I will I will be there with you. Uh, <laughs> I will be at uh, at Grand Chapter um, uh, down there because yeah, we'll be down in Nashville. Yeah, little uh, little Nashville, Brown County. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's uh, um, so I'll be there running the voting software. Um, I've, okay. I've done that for Grand Chapter for a few years, so I. I like helping out, you know, the Grand York Rites. Um, so I'll be down there. Uh, last year we had a tornado. Uh, well, oh, really? I don't know if it touched down, but it was pretty gnarly. Uh, <laughs> we were all sitting outside of somebody's hotel room, and we were all just sitting there, you know, drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. And, like, there was this wicked storm, and uh, the hotel lost power. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I had spent, like, so many hours building – you know, when you're at Grand Lodge, the annual communication, you've seen like the voting software on the right. screen, right? Like, so I had done that, but I rebranded everything for York Right Red, right? Because red is the color of the chapter. Right. And I was like super stoked about all the, all the, you know, I was like, I can't wait till the guys see this. It's all, instead of being like Grand Lodge branded, it was, it was chapter branded. And then we lost power. We had one of the coolest sessions ever. It was in the dark. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, it was straight up early 1800s, right? Like, thank God at that hotel at their uh, 
at their you know the the, the big area that room that we have the the, the meeting in it has these gigantic windows in the dining area, I think it is. And so we had enough sunlight to be able to do the, do the session, but it was old school. I mean, everything was paper and pen. Um, oh, wow. and, uh, it was, but it was memorable. I was, I was talking to Dennis about that here a few weeks ago and it was extremely memorable, but you'll enjoy it. You're going to meet a lot of amazing guys, both from Indiana and from outside of the state that travel in and, uh, you'll just really enjoy it. So, now, see, the, uh, uh, the Goose and Tater degree was just this last Saturday, which yesterday. They had yesterday. Have, have you ever been to the yeah. Goose and Tater, Dave? Nope. Nope. Oh, I, uh, you got to get down there sometime for that. Yeah, maybe I will. I, you know, I've not done a lot of the fun side degrees. Um, I've never done Yellow Dog. I've never done... Uh, Leaf and Barley. I've done... Have I done... Is that Grotto? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, I think it's a Grotto fun degree. Grotto, grotto Leaf and Barley. Um, oh... Bacon Poppy. He gave me he, Ralph. Uh, his last name Huerta. Ralph Huerta. Out of Pennsylvania, came out from Maru, and we did the leaf and barley. Yeah. Um, and dude, I had not eaten food, um, <laughs> so I had been in Kokomo. I had been in Kokomo all day with. Uh, so there was a there was a Red Cross of Constantine meeting and a Holy Royal Archknight Temple priest meeting, and. I wasn't able to eat the lunch because I stupidly became gluten sensitive after COVID. Oh, wow. um, so I, I hadn't eaten. Right. And I've been in these, it, 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 in Kokomo all day. And I, I drive back, get out of my tuxedo, grab my wife. We take off, we go over to the bar where they're having this at. And they were like, Hey, you're the exemplar for the degree. There's a bunch of dudes there. Right. Oh yeah. And I was like, I was like, all right, you know, whatever. Like, the whole point of that degree is like, you have to drink. I haven't eaten. <laughs> I was told that I literally told somebody, this is the best night of my life. I don't remember saying it because I hadn't eaten since 7am that day. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, grotto, grotto being grotto. And for anybody listening, this was not inside a Masonic lodge. No. Um, this, this was at a bar. <laughs> and uh grotto is more of the fun side of masonry oh, yes. outside of the lodge um uh, not because drinking doesn't happen in lodges nope. and uh but yeah man i uh i literally walked out of there just going dude i don't really drink and drinking it on an empty stomach was it's never <laughs> good idea. i mean you know the the fundraising that we did for that it was it was awesome oh and, yeah uh, and the other cool thing is everybody there who wasn't a turtle became a turtle that night as oh, well. So, I'm, I'm a turtle so. myself. I was, yeah. I've made a lot of turtles so, in my life too. So, uh, And my wife even got her, her first fraternal card. She's yeah. got a, a turtle's card now. Yeah, so. my, my wife got one so too. Up at, uh, I think it was at Pittsburgh for the Supreme Council. We went up there. And, oh, nice. Yeah, they made nice. turtles up there. I did a yellow dog degree up there. and Oh, we had a hell of a good yeah. time that year. <laughs> Yeah, this year at Masonic Week, I might do the yield ancient order of corks. I just usually don't have time when I'm there. I'm usually busy. I've heard of that. Um, I've never, I've never knew anybody's ever a part of. It. I just heard of it before. Yeah, so um, I think, and I could be wrong, and I'm going off memory. I'm pretty sure the like the head of the entire order is called the Chief Bung. That um, sounds about right. You know, like a <laughs> like a bung for like a a, a, a barrel, cork, right? Yeah. Um, I'm 
but I'm, I, it's my, my buddy Roberto Sanchez is the head of it this year. So, um, it's kind of cool. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm back. I've got a meeting that Friday night that they do it. And, um, yield ancient order of noble corks, I believe is what it is. Yeah. yeah I, never, uh, I never know the name when he's a member of that one. Yeah. But see, I've done turtle yellow dogs, believers. I mean, we did all kinds of other at Ibisod. Just make it fun. <laughs> Yield ancient, ye ancient order of corks. That's what it is. Yeah. And there's too many, uh, too many, um, uh, you know, different orders. But yeah. No, I'm, I think I'm going to try to go through that this year, but I've not been through many of the side fun stuff. You ever did the Sword of Bunker Hill? No, no. In fact, some of the brothers from my lodge went and did that here uh, like two years ago. Yep. And they seem to really enjoy it. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a fun uh, revolutionary. We're talking about uh, Joseph Warren and Paul Revere and all those guys. And it's yeah, a fun little degree, yeah. and everybody gets a kick out of it. And see, yeah, I did no, it. I, was, I think some of the. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I say I joined, uh, I was probably a Mason, Master Mason, probably a month. And my dad told me, you need to join the, the Sword of Bunker Hill. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, Go, to, go back down to Missouri. They had they always have it on the fifth Saturday. If a, if a month had five Saturdays, they'd be on the fifth Saturday. You and your uncle, my uncle Clay, he was got raised uh, maybe six months before I did. Uh, you guys were to go through it and everything, and we went through it, and we had a good time. But <laughs> going back second time was even more fun. So yeah, yeah, I joined the yeah. heck. I was what oh two oh three in that, right. and. And then I find out they have one yes. down in Evansville. I'm like, Ooh, I gotta go down there sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's the one thing I, I I'm, I'm so York, right? Yeah. Um, in terms of like my appendant body, like I'm a member of Scottish Rite and all that other right. stuff. Right. Um, and I love the Scottish Rite. It's just the York Rite's kind of where I found my, my. That's where I was like, I love this, you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I love the Scottish Rite, but uh, York Rite's an easier drive for me. Yeah. So I. <laughs> When it comes down to it, it's like time. Yeah, see, I, jo- I lived in Tipton. I joined Indianapolis. I'm like, well, I can't make all these meetings. <laughs> like, yeah. It's an hour away. Yeah, work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, between Tipton, it's almost as easy to drive to Fort Wayne half the time, too. So. Yeah, it's, well, not really. It's well, maybe. Yeah. One, but. That entire part of the state, to me, is just a, uh, <laughs> it's confusing out there. I'm oh, used yeah. to the region, you know? I'm used oh, to, yeah, by Chicago and all that, yeah. Things make sense up there. So. Yeah, maybe to you, not to me. <laughs> See, it, it's Central Indiana makes sense to me. I'm still trying to make sense of Southern Indiana, to be honest with you. Oh, I've been man. here uh, just over, you know, almost 13 years now, and still, like, where is everything at around this place? <laughs> well, where I live, I consider it south compared to where I grew up. So, you know, we're, <laughs> there's always something south. Yeah. So. Dave, now, yeah. are you living, you living up near Lafayette then? Oh, you are in Lafayette. Okay. okay. Yeah, we we moved to Lafayette in 07, thinking we'd be here for like a year or two. Yeah. Um, and now when I go back home, in, in I guess air quotes, uh, it feels not like home, even though, you know, that's where I spent most of my life. Um, it's just uh, I fell in love with Lafayette, mainly because of the fishing, which I shouldn't say out loud because I don't want people fishing in my uh, <laughs> but uh, But... Uh, no, it's like, you know, I, I, the fishing around here is really what kept me in this area because as a fisherman, right, I can be in eight hours driving in any direction. I can hit some amazing water, right? East, west, south, north. I can hit some in, in fish for all different types of fish. So it right. kind of keeps me in the Midwest. You know, I've, I've looked at jobs, you know, on the coasts and stuff like that. It's, 
you know, I like being in the middle. I'm, I mean, I'm a Midwesterner at heart, and I always will be, you know. So it's uh, no one else makes sense. Midwesterners, we make sense. So something I, I wanted to ask you, and, and this episode's been great because we haven't even really fought – followed our normal (laughs) interview format we've just been talking with you and that's been fantastic but one thing i wanted to make sure i asked you was what was it like the the year that you were part of uh grand lodge you were i believe you were the grand tyler weren't you i was the grand so in indiana it's combined i was a grand steward and pilot so Uh, what was that like uh it was amazing i wish everybody I mean, it would never, you know, you could never, it could never happen, but I wish every Mason could get the chance to serve Grand Lodge, right? For, for a year. Right. Um, because, you know, everybody thinks of Grand Lodge kind of as like the boogeyman, right? Like a I mean, lot of human, times they do. Yeah. Right? right. Like we're human, right? We're, we're, as, as humans, we're kind of like, I mean, the way I am, I'm like, fight the power. Right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the old, the old punk rock in me is like, you know, the man can, you know, I don't want to listen to the man uh, or the institution. And then I realized, like, my wife even made a joke. She's like, you were so against stuff like that. Now you are that. I'm yeah. like, well, <laughs> you know, you live long enough to become the villain. But uh, there you go. That's right. But no, I mean, like, like all jokes aside, it, it, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a lot of work. And I think that's the real, like, because everybody serving the Grand Lodge is just a normal Mason, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they got lucky. And honestly, like, I never thought I would get lucky. But I know my path that took me there. Because, of, like, you know, if you pay attention in life, you can kind of see how things kind of worked out. Um, and uh, I just, I'll never forget when past Grandmaster Lentz, now past Grandmaster, uh, Lentz asked me to, uh, to serve. I mean, I literally choked. <laughs> I quite literally choked. I was in the middle of a drink, and I, I literally spit uh, my drink. It, it came out of my nose because that is, that's not something you ever expect to get asked. No, you know. Um, but no, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Um, so, like the grand steward and Tyler, it encompasses kind of both jobs. Um, so, for any grand lodge event, it was expected that I would be the one to serve. Right. Because that's what a steward does. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I would always have to make sure that, um, that there was, there was snacks, that there was drinks. Um, and, th- and really the big thing for, for any guy who in the future might become that is you make sure that the grand lodge ladies are happy. If the grand lodge ladies are happy, everybody's happy. Yeah. Right. And, um, so it was, but it was really cool. Um, I got to travel to a lot of places that, you know, most Masons don't really travel outside of their county a lot of times, unless you're a traveler, right? Like, unless you're a guy doing degree work and travel a lot, right? Right. Um, but, like, you know, I got to go down, we rededicated, in the same day, we, re- we rededicated, or we dedicated Jeffersonville's new lodge, right. which was beautiful. And then we flew up to Salem and did their 200-year rededication yeah which to me like that was my favorite because that was dwight l smith's lodge right and i got to you know when grand lodge visits a lot of times you get an honorary membership right um but to receive an honorary to to dwight l smith's home lodge you know for me was like that was cool yeah Uh, but you know it a lot of travel 
I put twenty some thousand miles on my car. Oh yeah, uh, it's a big year. time commitment. Oh, it's big. It's a, uh, you know, and and for anybody listening, you know, uh, any Grand Lodge uh, committee, it's still a big time commitment. Oh yeah, right. If if you want to be, uh, you know, if you want to serve on any of the Grand Lodge committees, it's a fairly decent time commitment. Uh, but you know, you have to really love serving the fraternity to to do that. Um, because there are no rewards, right? You know, the no. reward for, for doing well is it's more work. More work, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Well, um, that's why I tell I mean, people from, is, you know, uh, you put all this work into it, you just get more and more work. But it's like, you yeah. know, guys like me who, I, mean, I got young kids at home and I'm working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. There's no way I could ever accept a, a Grand Lodge position. No, yeah. I mean, right. I, just, I don't and, have the time the at all. No. And that's the thing, like for a guy like me, you know, I don't have kids um, and, uh, um, you know, we, we don't have kids. We're dual income. We've got dogs and cats. Right. And, right. Uh, and I've got a, I've got a lot of hobbies that, that are, you know, thankfully I make decent money uh, because, you know, my hobbies take up a lot of my money. Yeah. Uh, he is you know. a guru at raised bed gardening, too. I've watched. Oh, I have seen those. <laughs> yes. Yes. He Dude, I'm in, the, I'm in the planning phases right now of like some, like, uh, some raised arch tunnels for like trellisings, uh, uh, cucumbers and zucchinis <laughs> and some other stuff. I'm, I'm going to town this year, but, Man, you but really like. He'll stop all that stuff. <laughs> you know, like that's. Uh, you know the the fact that we don't have kids and can't have kids. That's why we we don't have kids. So okay. so we just no. And it you know it's been a long time. My wife and I've been together for since 1998. So oh, wow. you know we've been together a long time. And, and uh, um, you know so but what I found as a man right I needed I needed a to be around other men who were good men and like minded and wanted to improve themselves. And I I needed something to do with my time that was outside of my regular hobbies right um and for some dudes their regular hobbies just work for them but for me i was like i was missing something right you know and uh and so that's what kind of led me into masonry um into that and it's been a it's been a hell of a ride (laughs) like (laughs) um but yeah like grand lodge you know you kind of as 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 an appointed officer a one-year appointment Right. There's four one-year appointments. There's right. the Grand Marshal, Grand Steward and Tyler, the Grand Organist, and the Grand Chaplain. Right. right? Everybody else is elected. So, hmm. uh, well, I'll take that back. The Grand Senior and Junior Deacon are appointed, but right. they're considered progressive. Right. So in Indiana, we don't do voting for the floor, so they're progressive. And as long as they can do the job, normally those guys will get through, and then the, by Grand Junior Warden, they're voted in. Right. right. So, um but it's kind of cool. You kind of get to start seeing just a smidge of what makes Grand Lodge work. That, mm-hmm. that you know, it's a machine. You know, it's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of guys serving a lot of different committees, and yeah. um, and you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of work, but it's it's fun. Like I'm on a lot of committees, um, so I, I you know. Like when you see me running around Founders Day, I'm usually running around with my head cut off. Oh yeah, you're um, busy. I usually on the second floor of the Scottish Rite. This year, I walked eleven thousand five hundred thirty-one steps Good on the Lord. second floor of the Scottish Rite. So five point three miles <laughs> on, <laughs> on on the second floor. Um, but it's I, I love it. Like it's right. it's uh, you know 
getting a statewide event like that to come off and, and work is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, plus you want to make the Grandmaster look good, right? You always want to make sure Grandmaster and his officers look good because, you know, we're one of the largest, uh, you know, jurisdictions of Freemasonry in the world. We're huge. Really? Right? And so, oh, yeah. I like yeah Indiana being pretty small. I mean, not the, the East Coast being not there, but everything. Oh, Lord, no. Oh, um, I believe in this, and I, the, the numbers could be a little off right now, uh, but I believe Indiana is, I want to say the sixth, maybe seventh largest jurisdiction in the country. We oh, could wow. be, could be lower than that. I forget. Texas, California, Pennsylvania, and I believe Ohio, and maybe Illinois rival us. So I think okay. we're six, okay, so it's all but right. in the world, like in the world, we're right up there as well. Oh, wow. We're huge. Like, people don't know how big Indiana Indiana Masonry is huge. Um, you know, and you really and, think and, about and, it, and it's kind of a close-knit state, too, because we're not overly mm-hmm. big. We're not really spread out that much either. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I mean, Until you do get spread out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm the, kidding. Yeah. I've been to some lodges. And, you know, some of my favorite lodges to visit are not the city lodges. Yeah. Right? They're the lodges out in the boonies that – those no. those no good old back go back road backwoods lodges. Man. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what—that's where you find the best dinners before a degree or a oh, meeting. Oh yeah, you know, um, God, you, you some of the best cook, and it's usually like someone's someone's mother who has cooked <laughs> for the lodge, you know, for years. Oh, but yeah. She makes like the best. I mean, those are my favorite places to go. Have, um, you, ever new, you ever been in the New London Lodge out there? Man, New London is. Uh, uh, we call it a trampoline lodge. Yeah. Uh, like the, yeah. the, the, uh, cause the floor during a degree, we'll bow. you know, like, Oh man, it's the first time I was there. I was seriously like, I need to leave. <laughs> so I was scared. The floor was going to, but it's, you know, beard lodge is the same way. Yeah. Beards over there yep. uh, out in Clinton County. Um, yeah, it's, there, we, we just call them trampoline lodges. And, yeah, but uh, I tell Jared about New London, how you go from the north to the south in about three to four steps. He's oh, like, yeah. Like, there's no way yeah, it's that it's, small. I'm like, it is tiny. It's tiny. But, you know, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it I is. I think that's, that's, that's kind of my jam in masonry. Like, these gigantic, massive lodges that have become albatrosses around our necks and actually drag down the craft and yeah. don't most of the time do good for the craft because we're worried more about keeping a building open than practicing Freemasonry. Right. Um, those little lodges, Beard, New London, I mean, Rusheville's, Rusheville's like that, the great size, like Battleground, those, those smaller size lodges, the ones yeah. that weren't built for commandery practice, right, right? Yeah. for commandery to be marching around the room, you know, and don't get me wrong, I love the big, old, ornate lodges that are well-kept if yeah. the lodge can afford it. Um, like our but lodge, our lodge like, is a little lodge. Well, we we yeah, got, we yeah. got a big size lodge room though for a small lodge. Well, yeah, we are a small lodge, but the lodge room itself is big, but it's not big enough to be holding commander and no practices yeah. like this. No, we we have a pretty good sized lodge hall. We mean we probably fit what? We fit two hundred people. Two hundred, one hundred and fifty, a hundred at least. Wow, yeah, yeah. a hundred because the, the, we we so what, uh, Dave? What, what I like about our lodge is that we. We have uh, probably about 2010, 2012-ish, we got rid of the seats along the wall and we went to the church pews, which nowadays yeah. it's it's common for so many lodges to have these. Great. 
But we can fit twice as many people in here because we have got multiple rows of church pews plus the other furniture. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because if you put in like uh, theater seating, most most Mason's butts don't fit in it. Yeah, no. And so so then by default, they won't come (laughs) to the greer, to the lodge, because they're like, my butt won't fit in the seat. I'm not comfortable. I'm not standing. And that's what we used to have when I when I was raised. Uh, when I was raised, February 29th, two thousand eight. We we had the because you got to think. I grew up in this lodge, like I told Todd. Uh, you know, our old lodge used to be right across the road. This new building here was uh, built in two thousand. Yeah. So I've always been around this building. You know, I'm a third generation Mason, but we had the the theater seating. And there were not very big seats, and uh, there wasn't that many. And then we've got the church pews in here, and man, it doubled what we could what we could take in. Oh, and they're more comfortable. That's the main thing. Oh yeah, way more. Yeah, we've got those at our lodge, and I mean, my lodge is small. Where if we put forty brothers on the sidelines in my lodge room, it would probably overfill. Um, (laughs) You know, and believe it or not, go to. Believe it or not, I've been in New London where we've had over fifty people in that lodge room. Wow! We had we brought chairs from from the dining room up there, made two rows of people. Dude, and I, I was sitting literally almost tripped a guy during an EA just because I was sitting on the corner as they were. I think yep. I was sitting in the uh, in the like kind of northwest of the room. Yeah, and uh, I, as they were circumambulating, yep. I I. I had to keep turning my feet sideways, <laughs> trying not to trip. I've got to get guy. up there to New London. I've got to see this. Yeah, this, yeah, the, I can't. There, so, there's no way a lodge can be that small. Yeah, I was senior deacon oh, tonight. Yeah. We had we had two rows of people. Our, actually, our our, uh, our our chef in the grotto was going through up there, and me being a, I, was, I think I was monarch that year. And he asked me. They asked me if I wanted to be senior deacon. I'm like, sure, I'll do that. And they they started bringing chairs up. And I'm like. It's a good thing he's real skinny because we ain't gonna fit between the south and the altar. <laughs> Two big old boys. There ain't no way. <laughs> you know, there's a there's another really good lodge if you ever get a chance. It's uh, Hinkle Lodge. Oh, I've been to Hinkle. Uh, have you? Yeah. Hinkle is like when I want a good meal, Hinkle's where I go. They're the little town <laughs> like, of uh, Deming. And yeah, and yeah. I mean Hinkle is if you sneeze as you're going through. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. You're out. You're out of the out of the little town. <laughs> yeah, and, pretty uh, much. But man. Those those boys over at Hingle are just awesome. Oh yeah, that's and, a little Quaker lodge and, there. And they've had that building. I mean, that building is what? Like, God, it's got to be close to two hundred years it, old. At least, one hundred and seventy years that. old. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but they're. I mean, they're. Uh, that's one of my favorite places to kind of just go and and uh, you know because those country lodges are really they are the backbone of Mason and Indiana. Absolutely. You know, um, it's not these city lodges because Indiana's only got a few cities. Yeah. <laughs> so they're uh, they're my favorite places to well, visit. Well, uh, you ever been to Pickard Lodge? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Pickard Lodge. I sat up there one night, and I sat in the east, and I had sweat running down the back my back like a damn river. It was mm. right before they, they were going dark for summer, of course, and they said, hey, we sat in the east? Like, sure. Then they turned the air conditioner off because it was too loud. Nobody can hear me. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. And it was like 90 Ninety something degrees inside that lodge room, and they, oh, had, yeah. they had that one door open that goes to nowhere. The little yeah, side door had that open. It just got a little bit of a breeze, and we got down that degree. And I'm like, uh, "Where's Matt? You can take it back over now." <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I was soaked. Yeah. I mean, I was just soaked all the way through my shirt. I was soaked. 
It's like, oh, yeah. how do you guys yeah. do this? <laughs> I just, uh, I love those little lodges, man. And, and you know, my, my hope is that we can keep as many of them going oh, as yeah. we possibly can because, you know, rural America needs Freemasonry. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Like, so, I mean, everywhere needs Masonry. It's, oh, yeah. uh, but really, <laughs> you know, the bulk of people in Indiana are, are in semi-rural areas. Yeah. Usually. So, it's, uh, but no, I'm, uh, that was the coolest thing about Grand Lodge was getting to go to some of these smaller lodges and meeting those brothers. And really that's what it is, right? Is like meeting those guys and knowing that they have the same type of experience as you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, but, but, uh, it, it's, I wish more people could experience it, you know, but, yeah. but like getting to do that, it's like winning the lottery and getting struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's kind of what I equated it to because, uh, you know, I never in my life expected to be able to serve Grand Lodge. You know, it was, uh, I was happy serving in the background on the technical committees, right. and, uh, you know, using, using my, you know, IT experience to, uh, kind of, you know, you know, help different programs with Grand Lodge. Oh, you know, as Grand Lodge moves more digital, I right. was able to kind of use my skills. So, um, but yeah, it's cool. And, you know, I always tell anybody that gets into it, you know, just, uh, it's, 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 it's just fun. You know, like, uh, I'm, I'm always, I always love seeing like Tracy Cooksey's grand steward and Tyler this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Tracy, he's, Not he's down no. in the Bloomington area. Um, he's a trip, man. He's, uh, that guy's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're, uh, it's pretty cool to see. It's cool to like, now that I've, I've done it right. And I can like, I get to see the other guys going through and you, you kind of get excited for them. Right. 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 Um, like I now understand like, uh, I don't know when you lived up here if you ever met a brother named Steve Dooley. What name um, sounds familiar Steve, to me? Steve Steve was grand steward and Tyler. I feel like in the mid, right around 2014, 15, something okay, in that I, area. I wasn't there then. I was I was down here in 14, 15. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's an older past master from the Converse area. Um, okay. But like. Steve was always telling me like how excited he was for me. And I didn't really get it right at the time. I didn't understand why he was excited for me. And afterwards I was like, man, I, we talked and, and he's a great mentor of mine. And he, he, uh, he was, he, I, I got it. Like I understood why he was excited because he was able to kind of relive, you know, some of that. And, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's nerve wracking. Like, <laughs> you're ever on the floor of Grand Lodge. It's nerve wracking. Um, <laughs> Well, we're real fortunate around down here. Certainly, we got Dave Morgan, who's deputy grandmaster now. He's oh, yeah. Santa Claus, which is stone throws away from us. But we also had Jackie Ash, who was grand lecturer for all them years. Oh man, Jackie's amazing. Oh yeah, that, and we're just so fortunate to have that have those grand lodge guys here to show that you know, like down here, no one no one's really distrustful of grand lodge because we have our officers down here and they they travel around quite a bit where. I know in Tipton, I don't think I ever saw a Grand Lodge officer at our lodge unless we did something wrong and Grand Lodge sent the guy up there. And I, I think that's what causes some of that distrust sometimes. Like, well, they never come here. Why should we even trust them? Or, you know, well, something it, like it, that. Yeah. And we're humans. We're tribal by nature. Oh, yeah. Right? No matter how advanced we get in humanity, we're tribal by nature. You, yes. A couple hundred years of, of, of you know, modern living does not remove millions of years of us, you know, I mean, we... We're cavemen at the end of the day to live inside. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I say that jokingly, but we're not far removed. No. And, uh, but, but you're right. I mean, there's, there's lodges around here where I've been told, you know, do not go there wearing Grand Lodge purple. 
mm-hmm. because they will hate you. They do not want you there. Yeah. But then what I find is when you go there and you're just a brother, like, you know, you're accepted. And, and it really, it puts people at ease because they're just saying, Hey, we've never seen these guys outside of Indianapolis area. Right. We don't see grand much. Right. But then when you're just a regular brother hanging out, because at the end of the day, every single grandmaster, like you've had Robbie Van Gordon on the call, you know, oh, yeah. like, yeah. you know, Rogers in 2022, 23, that was Rogers 20 year anniversary of being a past grandmaster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, great. He great Rogers, raised. And he's just a, he's, he's done a ton. I yeah. mean, an absolute ton. Right. But when you talk to him, he's a normal guy yeah. who cares about the fraternity. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and at the end of the day, that's everybody serving Grand Lodge, right? They take off, you know, at the end of their year, they take that stuff off and they're just a, you know, regular guys serving the fraternity who got lucky for a little bit of time. Yeah. And you yeah. might retain a title here and there, right? Yeah. But Freemasonry is full of titles. They give, the fraternity gives titles out freely. Like yeah. we as Masons love titles. We get them constantly, right? Yeah. Bad and then after pins. we get the title. Well, it's like the, the, the point of the title is after you get the title, it's then your job to go out and earn that title. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like just because it says you're a past master, it doesn't mean anything unless you're actually doing something about it. Right. Right. So that's, uh, that's kind of always been where I'm at with that is like, I, it's a title. It means nothing outside of four walls. The, the exactly. world at large doesn't care about your little title, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, inside the fraternity, work. are you, Right? Are you, you know, like I work here now a past master. You know, oh, I'm a past master. Oh, okay. And? Yeah, like, <laughs> I made a joke when I got home after getting installed as, as as Grand Steward. I think I made a joke to my wife. I'm like, I'm Grand Steward. And she was like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> oh, she just said it's not true. She said, no. But, but uh, you know, I was like, I'm not taking out the garbage. <laughs> yeah, I'm Grand Steward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, any grandmaster's wife would be like, take the garbage out. Yeah, grandma. You know, like, well, and my wife never didn't know anything about Freemasonry. And I met her when I was master of my lodge, and she had no idea what I was involved in. You know, I took her, I took yeah. her to homecoming days, I took her to the grotto and everything. She had a great time at the grotto, but she's like, I don't understand it. Why do you do this? I'm like, well, it's fun. It's you know, being around you know your brothers and like minded people. She, yeah, but you yeah. can do that anywhere. I was like, yeah, but I choose to do it there. Yeah, and truly you could, but I I like to think that the fraternity has got the best way of doing it. Right. I might be I might be I might be biased, but uh, a little bit. But you know, I mean, when I joined, you know, my wife was like, "Yeah, if you want to do it, cool." You know, I don't really care one way or the other. It's not my (laughs) thing. Um, And then uh, you know, at my lodge, we still come to people's houses during the investigation. Oh, really? Right. When we do the committee of character investigations, you know, we try for every candidate. If they're willing, you know, it's not a requirement, mm-hmm. but if they're willing, we send some, one of the guys on the, on the investigation committee to the guy's house. And it's not for the brother ever, right? We already, we are, or not the brother, the possible brother, the right. candidate, um, you know, the, the hopefully potential brother. Uh, it's not for him at all. It's for the family, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if I'm sitting at someone's house and I'm chatting with the, 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 the petitioner, and I get the feeling from his wife that she's not about this. Like she could be a religious thing. It could be, you know, uh, it could be because she doesn't, you know, she thinks it's just a boys club. Right. right. And technically it is. Right? We don't allow women in, right. but, um, 
you want to get the read of the room because you don't want a guy joining the fraternity whose family's against it because yeah. then he's at odds with his own family. Like that would be horrible. Yeah. You know, that's uh, and that's why we still try to go to people's houses because, you know, a guy can hide some of that stuff, but if you go to his house, you know, oh, yeah. his wife's going to be pretty upfront with you about, I don't want him joining. And we've had that we've literally wow. had guys, you know, their wife say, you know, I'm not really comfortable with him joining. And, you know, you have to go, okay, cool. That's, that's it. And because family comes before fraternity. Oh yeah. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's always that delicate balance. Oh yeah, of course. Um, well, all right. Uh, Jerry, do you want to ask the last question we always ask? Well, actually. Oh, you got something going on here. Actually, I got. I, I smelled the gears burning. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm free. I'm, I'm. Literally watching paint dry. <laughs> I'm, nice. I'm not. I'm not like making a joke. When you guys called and you and I was like, "Can you give me, you know, ten minutes?" My hands were covered in paint. Uh, we just had the upstairs of my house painted, nice. and we didn't paint the bedroom doors because we were like, "We're going to get new doors." Well, I bought new doors and I couldn't shave them down to the size I needed. Oh wow! Uh, and so because you know all doors are like pretty hollow and garbage. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm currently painting doors that are 50 years old. And are just soaking up the paint like you wouldn't believe. So, <laughs> and I suck at painting. <laughs> like I hate painting. Well, I'll I'll tell I'll tell you this, Todd. We we have not really followed the format on this episode, which yeah, I don't never, care. We never had a format though, really. No, we no, but we kind of. This has just been different because we've been chasing after Dave for a while. So this is. So I tell I tell you what. I know we have other interviews we have to get to today. Uh but we're gonna we're going to do I'm gonna hit Mr. Hostler with two questions. All right, let's do it. <laughs> uh of course the the one question will be the question that we ask every episode. Right. But before we get to that question, here's one that we've kind of started asking a lot more. Dave, in all the ritual, whether it be Blue Lodge ritual or an appendant body ritual, what's one piece that sticks out to you that's like your favorite what's one what's one piece that, oh, that you like to do or uh wow the one that sticks out and of course like right it's tiled so we can't really talk about it right. but for any master mason they would know in the second section if you're if you are the senior deacon and you get to the west and you meet a certain person there's a line that the senior deacon says right before he leaves to go to the east that line was one of the most impactful things I had heard in the lodge when the senior deacon utters that line, right? Um, and I, I'm trying not to give anything away, right? Because right. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's tiled stuff. But, but uh, when the senior deacon responds to the ruffian, the last words that he says to the ruffian, when I heard that as the candidate, I was just like, man, like, that's, that's heavy. that's that is super heavy um the stuff the what i love to do is so i do the bible presentation in the master mason degree all the time i travel for that constantly i get calls i go and i i do it for a lodge and i it's my the bible in the apron so the The apron the, the apron yeah when i do that um and when you can when you can watch a guy tear up while doing the apron presentation and while also doing the Bible, 
most guys will tear up if you do the Bible correctly and with enough, you know, you make it as important as it is, you know, as a presentation. I mean, right. It's, you know, it, it's telling you how to go about your life. So is the apron, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, when, when a guy really gets it, when it hits home during the Bible presentation, that for me is kind of like my favorite, uh, portion of ritual to do. Um, yeah, the, the Bible is, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll drive hours to do the Bible presentation. You know, it's, it's one of those things if my schedule allows. Right. 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 Um, but the apron as well, the apron in the Bible, um, you know, those are, those are kind of my jam. You know, those are, the apron presentation doing. is just, that's one of my favorites. It's just, yeah. I mean, cause you're, you're first learning. It's during your entered apprentice degree and it's just everything it says is true i mean it's yeah. just see i was fortunate enough i went to visit a lodge over in illinois toledo lodge up there for a, a good buddy of ours we had on our podcast uh invited me over there and i asked him, hey is there anything i can like do do something you know because i'm traveling almost three and a half hours over there i'd like to not just sit there and, and they said well uh you know the apron lecture i was like well i know the indiana apron lecture and they said well it's probably pretty similar we'll let you check it out when you get here and they, well, they had, Illinois has a long form and a short form. Well, we only got one form. Yeah. And they said, well, your long, your long form is our is our long form, but we usually do a short form. I said, well, I'm going to do the whole thing like I know it. And, okay, that's fine. And they, those guys were just amazed that, you know, that's that's all we do. We don't do any shortcuts on that at all. And which I, I, It was yeah, a great honor for them to let me do because usually the master does all that work. They don't hand it out. and. They had an area, yeah. a, a de- deputy district grandmaster there, and he's like, yeah, go ahead and let him do it. It'll be fine. So that, that, was, yeah. that was pretty special to me. Yeah, those are uh, those are kind of my favorites, you know, in Blue Lodge. And, and there's a lot of ritual I love, you know, um, but uh, Blue Lodge, you know, without Blue Lodge, you don't have any of the affiliated or appended bodies. Exactly, right? so, yeah. Um, to, me, to me, those two, at the beginning and the end of your, you know, degrees in Blue Lodge, those – those two are the most important. Yeah, and, um, and they stick out the most. Yeah, so. We have a brother. Down yeah, here. that line. We got a brother down here, Jim Sharp. He's a third 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 degree Mason out of Evansville and everything, and uh, he gives a he gives a, a Bible presentation, and he it's one of the best ones I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know, I've never seen you do it, Dave. So I'm not saying you're you know you're not, you're no good or anything, <laughs> but he gives that. One just and, means Dave's got to come down here when we have a master Mason oh, degree yeah. and <laughs> to see it. I know the guy sitting in the East this year. So I'm sure he can make a phone call if oh, we yeah, have a master mason degree <laughs> yeah. this year. But yeah, he he gets no. down there. And he I mean he doesn't he follows the ritual and everything, but he adds so much more to it, and it's it's so yeah. beautiful. I I just love it. There's a brother in Noblesville that does a Bible presentation uh, that is very similar. He adds some some stuff to it, and man, it it is. I was I was literally floored. Who's that? You know, sitting there. I am totally drawing a blank on his name. I have not actually seen him. It was one of the last Master Masons done degrees done before COVID hit, and it's mm. where I caught COVID at that oh. degree. Um, <laughs> See, I know if you got down there, and, I haven't you know. seen him since March of 2020, and I didn't really know him. You know, like I, I know a lot of the guys there, but right. I didn't really know him. Um, and I'm totally drawing a blank on his name, but I I don't remember him his name. But I, man, the way he did that Bible presentation, oof, it was absolutely amazing so so yeah we got invited to go there and podcast up there here pretty soon so yeah yeah yeah, but yeah if you guys ever want you know we can always do a part two or i can drag tyler i'll drag tyler kicking and screaming on he 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> hey, look what I yeah. just found. This says Battleground Lodge, Battleground, <laughs> Indiana. Yeah. It's well, some Tippecanoe. Is that the county that would be in? Uh, mm-hmm. Tippecanoe yeah. County. Yeah. So the Worshipful Master in tw- 2012 was Wilbur Ray Smith. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Senior Warden Caleb J. I like to sometimes my ADD kicks in and he starts looking through. I, yeah. I go looking through everything. the drawers and I'm like, <laughs> I find something cool every every time. Yeah, I think Wilbur Smith is a member over at Rossville now. Caleb, Caleb Keith, um, Caleb, I believe adopted. He still lives in the area, but he had, they had him and his wife. They adopted some children i'm mm. fairly positive and uh he, that man is ridiculously busy with uh <laughs> or not caleb keith caleb why did i just say that mm. whose name did you say caleb mickles it was, it was wilbur wasn't it yeah. no it was caleb it was mickles is what it said the senior ward's name was mm. caleb. man i'm thinking i'm thinking that uh this Caleb is just James? funny to me because it's like I've never heard till today. I've never heard of Battleground ever. Really? Yes, hey, I'm not. We're, I've we're, never heard of that. The best lodge ever. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's uh, well. He probably never heard of yeah, Anthony or uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, just saying. Caleb, I've never. Caleb, Caleb James. Yeah, Caleb Michaels. Um, he's a past master of our lodge and. He and his wife, I'm fairly certain, they adopted some kids, and that man's life is nothing but now running his kids from oh, yeah. from uh, from place to place. And like the last time I talked to him, I ran in with a cigar bar actually, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, you're outside!" <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he's he's super good dude, super good dude. So awesome, not super active, but he's you know he's he's living his life and oh, doing yeah. some really cool things with. So, kids are busy in sports, and I think scouting. So, yeah, but yeah, you guys will have to come up there someday. Mm-hmm. We'll try. We'll make yeah. the trip. Okay. Yeah. And the last question. So, well, you guys. And and the last question, yeah. Oh shoot! I thought those were the last questions. Mm-hmm. No, no. Here's the here here's the here's the big one. This is the one we 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 end every episode with. So, uh, when the time comes. We're all going to lay down our working tools. No one gets out alive. Nobody gets out alive, no matter how hard you try. So when that day comes, and people think back on you, Dave, and think about you as a Mason, like what do you, what do you hope that your lasting impact was? Like what do you, what do you hope you know people think about you as a Mason that? They think of you know I'm like you know what I'm trying to say like what do you what do you hope your legacy had been legacy uh, service I guess I I would hope they would say he's the type of guy who would have done anything for anybody um, but man I mean that that sounds like it's weird to say that out loud because it sounds egotistical right? no it's not uh, at all not at all but um, you know it's like my goal in life uh, because I've had a lot of help in life has always been to return that help right mm-hmm. like. There's been men who have come into my life who have altered the course of my life just by being in my life, right? Right. And their acts of service have inspired me to 
you know, do the same and, 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 um, you know, do that when I can, right. Which I think is what the fraternity teaches you, right. Is, is, is do right by everybody when you can, if right. you can. And, and, um, you know, and, and hopefully we all do, but, uh, I think that's what I'd want to be remembered for. Uh, I'm sure some people would have other opinions. Well, everyone, there's yeah. no wrong answers to it. No, I think it would be, you know, I'd hope I'd be remembered for helping out. Um, because, you know, that's that's where I find my happiness is, is helping people. Absolutely. So, yeah. Right. Cool. So, Dave, if, if you wouldn't mind, because we never, we never officially, <laughs> we never officially introduced you. So, uh, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind to introduce yourself and run through your Masonic titles, because we okay. never officially uh, did that at the start of the episode. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Dave Hostler, past master of Battleground Lodge number three hundred thirteen in Battleground, Indiana. Uh, I am the worshipful master of the Dwight L. Smith Lodge of Research in Indianapolis. Uh, shoot. Um, past high priest, past illustrious master, past commander of Frankfurt, York Rite, of all three bodies there. Um, I'm a member of the Indy Valley Scottish Rite. I'm a member of Maru Grotto. I'm a member of uh, many, many of the invitational orders within the York Rite. And then I'm a member of other esoteric orders outside of Freemasonry as well. So I think that kind of covers it. Awesome. <laughs> it's everything but the shrine. Yeah. Like uh, here, everything here's the funny thing. Here's, but the shrine. Yeah. So here's the funny thing. I have never joined the shrine. Um, uh, nothing against it. But no. this year, uh, this year, my buddy Jim Isles is the potentate at ORAC. And so here in March, yeah, February, yeah, March, uh, I'm going to go through the shrine ceremonial up at ORAC. Awesome. And, uh, so all my shrine buddies are like, yeah, it's about time. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, sometimes but, we, we get called, we get, you know, called out for bashing on the shrine and we don't bash them at all. It's just, you know, we don't belong to it. I can't, I, honestly, I can't afford to join the shrine too. So, but we, you know. th- this got started because, uh, not that long ago, somebody sent me a message and go, hey, I just want to know why you and Todd just crap on the shrine all the time. And I'm like, hold on. I'm like, you can listen to every episode we did. There's never been one time where we've just crapped on the shrine. I was like, I simply have said that, one, the shrine dues and the things that, uh, that go with the dues are a little bit pricey for, for my standards. I said the shrine does good things that they they do for the children in the hospitals. They do amazing things, fantastic things. I said, my only beef with the shrine, and I shouldn't even say beef, I said, is I have a problem with people telling me, okay, so how do I become a shriner? Well, you got to go through Blue Lodge. No, no, I don't want to be a mason. You you just tell me how to be a shriner. Well, it doesn't work like that. That's not, that's always been my point of contention. Yeah, there's nothing at the shrine. People just, they they hold the shrine in such high regard yeah, those dirty masons over there, they don't they don't understand that, you know, everyone of the Shriners is a mason. And I've gotten that from guys who I've, you know, crossed paths with in the in the past. It's like, oh, the Shrine's a great yeah. organization. Well the Masons suck. It's like, uh all right, whatever. Well, and you know, <laughs> that comes from a that comes from a, a place of ignorance on that person's part. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. But yeah, it also right. it also stems from the shrine is really good at advertising, right? The shrine bowl, the shrine, you know, oh, the yeah. shrines everywhere, right? And and the shrine does amazing things um 
personally for me, I've never really had to. I didn't, didn't care about the grotto, didn't want my side. The, the Freemasonry that I enjoy is the philosophy, it's the esoteric, it's right. the, you know, I want to understand why we do what we do. That into play in my life, right? Yeah. I didn't have time for the fun stuff. That it just wasn't my jam. Right? I was like, I need to go and drink. If I want to drink, I can like a grotto meeting and mm-hmm. have a have a you know whiskey. Um, but then Steve Myers, because he can sell snow to somebody living in Alaska, right? He can uh, sell life insurance to a dead man, right? <laughs> right? He twisted my arm, and uh, and and I went, and I was like, you know what? I need this. And it'll probably be the same. I won't have as much time with the shrine because the, the shrine, you know, or X farther away, but, yeah. um, and I could join our local shrine club. I just know my time, right. I'll just be able to go. Right. But I found I could go there and I have no responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. In most Masonic circles, I have some type of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So when I'm there, it's work. When I go to the grotto, I can chill. Just sit right? there and hang out. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. And that's where I'm at on that is like, uh, I can just go hang out and, uh, and just be, and, um, you know, I can just see guys that I really like seeing. Um, and then I can leave with no responsibility, which is, which is a very rare thing in Freemasonry. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I know that. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. And I mean, you know, you're always going to have people, you know, why did you do X and step Y? You know, exactly. why are you, you know, why are you doing, and it's, it's, it's nothing on your end. It's the way they're looking at the world, right? Mm-hmm. It's how they're viewing these things. They're, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, that, that comes, that, that chills later on, you know, hopefully as the person kind of reflects more on, on uh, why they're asking such questions. Right, right. So, you know, but I mean, you get in where you fit in, right? At the end of the day, like some guys are going to be Shriners, some guys are going to be Blue Lodge for life, and some guys are going to go through everything because Freemasonry is like Pokemon, right? You're going to collect them all. <laughs> yeah, John all the degrees and all the titles. John Bridegroom. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Like, I, like John is a, John's a machine. Yes, he I is. mean, really, he's, he's uh, he, uh, he's a machine. He, I don't know how he does it. Um, but you know, he's one of the greatest, uh, greatest guys you'll ever meet. He'll give you the shirt off his back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he can actually fish too. I mean, the oh, wow. circle I've, <laughs> I've had John in my boat a couple times and, uh, and, uh, we've, we've, we've caught some fish together. So, um, yeah, but you know, I mean, it's just like, You'll never make everybody happy. No. So even if you spoke good about every single group, every episode, just to make sure you checked every box. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone would still find a way to complain. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, that's way of life. Yeah. So, but cool. Cool. All right. Well, Hey Dave, um, a pleasure having you on. Thank you sure. so much. Yeah. yeah. Like we've, we'll we've do this again. Say, Oh, did you hear that? Hey, we're going to hold you to that. Did you hear that? <laughs> Mr. I don't do podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just said, we're going to have to do this again. Yep. <laughs> maybe, maybe an education. Uh, sit down with you guys and we can just like. Yeah. Just make like, we can make weird comments. You know, it's like demonstrator. <laughs> we can do There's that. a task right now. It's demonstrator. Yeah. It's uh, odd. <laughs> And I took a branch in Missouri in, uh, this summer uh, when we were out there for trials. So okay. maybe I'll have to send that to you. It's never been posted anywhere, and it never will be. Uh, <laughs> but it's hilarious because Dennis is hilarious. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah. Okay. No, it's, we can uh, <laughs> we can sit down and 
and we can talk smack about people as they walk by just so they can hear it. We yeah. got to make sure they hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, Joe Sparks walks by. Like, I'm talking about it's like it. all these videos you see on YouTube of these guys like trolling the uh, pro golfers. Oh yeah, right before they tee off, and then guys. the golfers just give it back. The clubhouse adjacent. I'm great with that. Being. Like, right. this, is, this is exactly how you get your dues card pulled. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, thank cool. you so much for your time today, yeah. but brother, we appreciate it. Yep. It was good talking to you guys. All right. Well, we will, uh, right. I will, we will be in touch and I will let you know when this episode's out there. Sounds good. All, All right, right, brother. Thank I'll you, brother. Mm, bye. 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 That was, that was a good conversation. That was an hour and 50 minutes. Oh my gosh. My well, that wasn't even that long. We've had longer. Like it, no, but that wasn't even we didn't even really follow the format. The non format we had. The non we didn't really follow the non format we had. And I'm sick. I've yeah. been sick, so I've been grumpy about even being up here, but yet <laughs> this was good. Yeah, it was awesome. Now we have to go and call I'm not even calling you can make that I'll call. I'll make that call, yeah. I mean, you you wanna you wanna call International Waters? You oh, just no, this guy's out of Texas. Next was out of Texas. Well don't you gotta call inter, don't you gotta call internationally? It's on the WhatsApp, <laughs> but still, it's yeah, like yeah. it is like nine o'clock at night over there. Yeah, he's a night owl anyway. Oh, I gotta stretch my legs here. Okay, well, so. this has been um, Jared being held hostage by Todd. About <laughs> time. And this is Todd having a good time with Jared. <sighs> yeah, Jared was up all morning. So was I. Okay, so that was um, awesome. And um, we will be back.